As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welcome to Deadcast, a podcast taking you through the week of sports lunacy. Here are Deadspin Editor-in-Chief Tim Marchman and columnist Drew McGarry. Oh, yeah! Thank you, serious announcer guy. It's the Deadcast again. I'm Drew. That's Marchman. Say hi, Marchman. Hey, what's up? There's no, there's really, there's no good way to introduce it formally. You always sound like a complete ass hat when you do it. But are you all right over there? Are you arranging papers? I can like hear you doing things. Yeah, I got a sandwich and I was trying to get it off my desk. All right, get the get the effing sandwich off the desk. We got a podcast to do, Marchman. This this is serious. You can't just be eating a hoagie while we're while we're throwing down hot takes about sports. Yeah, I had like four minutes between the time I had to get my daughter over to school and the time this podcast started. So shoving part of a sandwich into my face before it would be picked up on a mic is probably going to be the highlight of my day. Tightest, uh, tightest 45 minutes in, uh, in the broadcasting world right now. Uh, this, is, uh, this is our fourth podcast, uh, you and I. And once again, it's time for another special edition podcast. Special edition! Uh, I'm going to explain this really quick because uh, Marshman isn't quite a believer in it. But every year... When we used to do the old dead cast every year, I uh, with Spencer Hall, I would go through the name of the year bracket. And now that Spencer is in charge of the adorable white person enclave that is SB Nation and is a competitor, uh, I cannot go through the bracket with him. So you, Marchman, you get to go through the bracket with me. Now, I know you're skeptical, so explain to people why you are skeptical of doing this. We, we just did a bracket a couple of weeks ago. I mean, the yeah, names are the names are fine. It's the whole process of going through a bracket. You go through you know, 64, and then you've still got 32 left, and you just keep going. And by the time you actually get to the finals, I think people are going to be going, and we should just go through the names and, and pronounce them and, and That's fine, talk about them and what, stuff. That's fine. The, the names themselves, I think, are good. Good fodder. Right, so what we'll do is... As always, with the name of the year, we always make sure to not look at any of the names before we look at go through the bracket. I have because not. the surprise of the the surprise of saying Roy's pancake out loud is you need to you need to be surprised because when it comes off the tongue, there's a whole sort of magical thing involved that just you, you know you see Roy's pancake on the page and it just doesn't it doesn't pop, but then you say it and it sounds like spanking and it sounds like pancakes. It really just this magical sort of alchemy takes place that that elicits the ten year old giggling that is important for the name of the year podcast. So, Marshman, are you a good giggler? I can giggle. Give me a test giggle. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good giggle. I like that. I wasn't expecting that from you. All right. So we'll go through the names. I think you're right. By the way, brackets are in general are terrible, particularly like blog brackets. Like, if, the, if we do, like, a bracket, like we did the curse word bracket, and, like, it's nice to see the bracket unveiled, like, ooh, all right, motherfucker is number one seed over in one regional. But then, like, if, you, if it takes you two weeks and, like, actual poll voting, 
like by this by this by the end of the by like the final. It's four, a slog, like, man. It's, it's like you you've reached the other uh, side of the desert. You're dehydrated. You're crawling. Yeah. It's let's just the let's worst. just cut. Let's just eat the frosting and just talk about yeah, these names. That's exactly right. All right, so we're gonna start off. Uh, we're gonna start off in the Bulltron Regional. And I can open Marshman, it now. If you ever, the Bulltron Regional. These are all brackets that are named after. Wait, um, but I, I can open the uh, bracket now. The link you sent me to the bracket, right. right? Open, open the goddamn bracket, Marshman. All right, all right. And I will. I whenever you want to say a name before me, just say, "Hey, I I got dibs on this one." Okay. Holy shit. We, we got the number one. <laughs> <laughs> we, got, we got the number one seed in the Bullets Run Regional. We have Cherry, Cherry's Waffles Tennis. <laughs> that is a great name. The number one seed, Cherry's Waffles Tennis, going against the 16 seed, Dent McSkimming. McSkimming. Dent McSkimming. That's. Wow. That is I, I great. want these next two. Wait, we got. Yeah. I don't know if these people are related, but we've got. Pleasant Crump against Sunshine Crump. They're the eight seed Pleasant Crump going up against the number nine seed Sunshine Crump. I, I, they have to be related, right? If you name your kid Pleasant, th- those are those are sort of related names. It's, it's, those <laughs> are know, two hippie names. In, in a world where Doctor Jocko Zifferblatt exists, I don't know that we have to say anything about. It. I, I, I don't want to make any assumptions, man. Uh, number five seed is uh, the delightful Omar Hurricane going up against the 12 seed Kermit Carolina. Two, I, I love the seeding because obviously the Carolina Hurricanes, you got Omar Hurricane, you got Kermit Carolina going together to form one sort of fun matchup. That, that, none of that's as good as Cherry's Waffles Tennis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number four seed, uh, you want to do this one or you want me to do it? <laughs> Forestina Calf Boss Ribs against 13th seed <laughs> Charity Sunshine Charity Sunshine Tilleman Dick with Tilleman, Tilleman, uh, Tilleman for, hyphen Dick <laughs> Charity Sunshine Tilleman believe, Dick I've never met anybody with the last name Ribs I wonder if that's Forestina Calf Boss Ribs <laughs> that, that, you know In what, this list great... of names that's what's making you skeptical that's, a, that's a fantastic. Cherry's that's a great tennis is out there, man. That's a that's a great uh, artisanal menu item. We sourced it from Forestina Ranches. The Forestina Calf Boss Ribs really recommend them in a in a delightful veal reduction. It's true. I it's true. There are no rules, by the way, in name of the year against changed names like Batman, Ben, Superman. So mm-hmm. you may get some of these. They some of these may seem fake to you, although. Calling yourself Forestina Calf Boss Ribs. I don't know about that. Uh, number six seed, I made Manku Pastica. I'm against the 11 seed Andromeda Dunker, which is a fantastic basketball name. That's an amazing name. So yeah. I made Manku Pastica. Would he go by, or she, would they go by I made or I? I assume <laughs> would like they go Bill. By? I don't know. Uh, number uh, number the number three seed strong number three seed understanding Bush <laughs> against the fourteen seed Blundy Vildor understanding Bush that's great you know actually there could be an understanding Crump like you could have pleasant Crump you could have sunshine Crump and then you could have understanding Crump well what about the what about the mean Crump sibling like rueful Crump or you know disingenuous <laughs> Crump. Just hateful crumb. There was, uh, I think it was Freakonomics. They had the, the guy that named his kids winner and loser. 
And Loser had this great life and was this awesome dude, and Winner turned out <laughs> to be like a wino and a drug addict. So there could be some cruel parent who would... Like, the Crump family could have just a, a black sheep named Dickhead Crump, and Dickhead Crump <laughs> ends up, like, like run, running the local Granger or something triumphant like that. Uh, number seven seed, Swin, Swindley Lint, going against the 10 seed Taco, or is it Taco? Fall, Taco Fall. With the... Um, we had a taco in the in the last name of the year bracket. I can't remember his full name, but it was it was a great taco. And just naming naming anybody taco is just such a solid solid thing to do. I like anyone named after Mexican food. What do you think, Marchman? Well, Nacho Monreal plays for Arsenal, and he's my least favorite athlete in the world, pretty much. So, so to hell with that. Ah, uh, all right. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna uh, go oh, with the last didn't... bit in the Boltron Regional here because this is this is yeah. really incredible. This is two one seeds, if you ask me. You have. Right. Reverend Pierre Batista Pizzabala going Pizzabala. up against going up against Lou Rawls Nairn Jr. Like like the singer Lou Rawls, except one word Lou Rawls. is the first name. All Lou Rawls words, p- playing in the Final Four this weekend for Michigan State. The the amazing Lou Rawls Nairn Jr. First time I saw the the graphic of that name, I I did a double take. I was like, holy shit. His name is Lou Rawls, all one word. That's amazing. Like, what do, you, what, I, I what do we think a, the odds are that his parents were listening to Lou Rawls when they conceived him? That could totally be true. Like, he could have a sister named Gladys Knight or Barry White, just all in one word. It's a great, great name, because he can just go by Lou, and that's fine. Uh, by the way, I would take, I love Cherry's Waffles Tennis, and I love Dent McSkimming. And I love Forestina Calf Boss Ribs. Really hard to, to pick a winner out of that region, but I, I think I would go with uh, with Forestina Calf Boss Ribs. Do you have Do you have a favorite? You don't have to You don't have to go through matchups or anything. But is there one that you like the most? Yeah, Reverend Pier Batista Pizzabala is really fun to say. Reverend Pier Batista Pizzabala, oh, is that so fast and meet the ball? Else more. Uh, we got the uh, the sithole regional. We're gonna start with the number one seed, Doctor Electron Kabubu. <laughs> no, Doctor Electron Kabibu against the sixteen seed Hunter Jumper, which is a nice a nice quick little name. Hunter Jumper. I don't know about that one seed. Is that is that a worthy one seed right there? Uh the the eighth seed might contest that. We've got some good doctors yeah, in this bracket. Um, I'm yeah, not gonna eight, say anything eight, against Doctor Electron. Kabebaw. But eight seed <laughs> Dr. Jocko Zifferblatt could go all the way. That's a and but look and at the nine seed. <laughs> nine seed's really strong. He's he's going up against Man Meat Cologne. <laughs> Man Meat, that's great. Man Meat, is it Cologne or is it Colon? Because <laughs> it's even if it's yeah. Man Meat Colon. What if what I if think it should be noted has- that it's Man Meat, M A N. M E E T. So that's right. At least has that. (laughs) It's not M E A T. Just, just wonderful imagery. Uh, Number five seed, air hard thumb fart. (laughs) 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 Thumb fart again. Twelve seed, Flavius coffee thumb fart. Oh wow. All right, well, I'm, put, I'm putting thumb fart. I'm going to put thumb fart. <laughs> That's so great. Deadcast listeners, Harry's Razors is giving you $5 off your first purchase of a starter set with coupon code DEADSPIN. 
After entering the dead spin code at checkout, you can get a Harry starter set, including a razor, three of Harry's high-quality German-engineered blades, and a bottle of shaving cream for just 10 bucks. That's a month's worth of shaving products for just $10. Harry's was started by two guys so passionate about creating a better shaving experience that they bought a razor factory in Germany to provide you with the world's highest quality blades at a fraction of the price of drugstore brands. Even better, the shipping from the factory to your door is completely free. Go to harrys.com right now and enter the code DEADSPIN at checkout to get $5 off your first order of a starter set. That's right, with the code DEADSPIN, you get a month's worth of shaving for just 10 bucks. That's harrys.com, code DEADSPIN at checkout, and change the way you shave forever. A podcast taking you through the week of sports lunacy. This is DEADCAST. Let's see, we got... Um well, well, next we got we got a we got a good matchup of guys who sound like uh, Joker henchmen in a fifties comic yep. book or something. You've got Cheeto Schnup and Joko Schnup, Joko Widodo, both of Joko Widodo. Yeah, I think he held the IBF Junior Bantamweight title at one point. They both had. They're both very snappy. Cheeto Schnup, and then we got Joko Widodo. Uh, number six, <laughs> number six seed is uh, Dallas Enema. With uh, and, and should be noted that Enema is E N N E M A. Dallas, very popular boy's name these days. Uh, against the 11 seed, uh, let me get this. I'm I'm thinking of this right. Bull Bull, and that is uh, I believe Manu Bull's child. Isn't that correct? I don't know. That's an interesting question. Maybe someone can let us know. Um, no, I'm virtually certain there was a, there was an article about him. Uh, I think he does play basketball, and his name is is Bull Bull, and he's Manu Bull. Is Manu Bull alive? He's not dead, right? As far as I know, he's alive. Uh, Number three seed, Lancelot Super Sad Jr. Always good to get a junior in there. Against the 14th seed, Adrian Waddle. You know, know, it's it's a fun name. You know, that doesn't really... I I don't know. Adrian Waddle. I don't know if that feels (laughs) worthy of the bracket. Yeah, that's a pretty pretty standard running back name. You know, I would would not be shocked to see that on the back. Number seven seed, Baba Blumkin. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's 10 seed Jazzy Barnum Bob, and I'll give you the uh, I'll give you the two and fifteens to read. Oh boy, number two is Jasnique Saint Junius. Um, that's a good one. That's amazing, and uh, Jasnique will be facing off against Felony Silas. The number fifteen. I, you know, I love seed. Saints. I love the little flourishes with Saints, and I love Juniors and Seniors, and Doctors are always great. Uh, I'm, out of this, I'm I'm going thumb fart all the way. I got air hard thumb fart. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Jocko Zifferblatt is a Thomas Pynchon character. There's no way it's, it's he's a, not, or she's not. It's a so it's a really really strong name. Is that your your favorite in here? Yeah, Doctor Jocko Zifferblatt. All right, let's go to the Dragon Wagon Wagon Regional. We have the number one seed. Uh, I hope I get this right. Littus Bacon Blood. Bacon Blood is uh, with a hyphen in there. And 16 seed Win Thin. <laughs> That's pretty good. It's like a, it's like it's, it's like a quick slogan. It's like a Wheat Thin slogan. Win Thin. Uh, number eight seed is uh, Jeravicious Raven, which is actually a good name for a Baltimore Raven. Uh, yeah, that's, a good, seed, that's Hans- a good ball player name. Great ball player name against the nine seed Handsome Monica, which is un, you know unfortunate for. You know, if if it's a female, you know, handsome is always a bad description. No, handsome Monica is actually a ball player. Plays for uh, Arizona, catcher. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's cute. And you know, it's always amazing these names. You see them on paper, 
and they have sort of a, a cartoonish quality. And then you'll see the actual person, and you're like, oh, yeah, of course, that's Handsome Monica. It makes perfect sense for him to be called Handsome Monica. Uh, number five seed, Dr. Wall Promthon <laughs> against the 12 seed Psalm Wuching. Psalm, uh, P S A L M, like the Bible. So uh, we got Wall, Dr. Wallop, and we got Psalm. You have a, a favorite uh, there? Mm, I like Psalm, I think. Although the doctor, yeah. do- Dr. Wallop, who wouldn't go to Dr. Wallop? Mm-hmm. Probably an obstetrician. Uh, why, don't, why, don't you go the, why don't you do the four and 13 seeds for us? Yeah, we've got a number four, Dwelly Striggles, which is a great name. That's against, a good one. Against number 13, Odd Hackwelder, which is another just fantastic, realistic name. It's got to be, um, has to be some, some sort of foreign name, right? Like, I wouldn't, you wouldn't name your kid Odd. Do you think he has a brother? Maybe Sounds Swedish. Even? May, yeah, you know what? I bet it is. I bet it's Scandinavian. I bet it's, I bet it's like Ode, or, so, or like it's short for Odin or something like that. But number six seed, Sherry Penny, Sherry, Sherry Penny Jelly, uh, going against the 11 seed Apollo Jolly. And I wish that those names were one single name put together. Could you could you say that for me, Marchman? Sherry Penny Jelly Apollo Jolly. Yeah, that would be a really strong contender if it was. I love I love any extra, completely unnecessary uh, middle names. Uh, the number three seed, Cameo Crispy, going against the 14 seed. Why don't you say it, Marchman? Gladstone Dainty. And I, th- how are these two not uh, uh, like a Paisley Park act with Prince, you know, as their Svengali? <laughs> That's correct. Cameo That's Crispy right. and Gladstone Dainty singing, they are. you know, they are Touch My Butt. The they're members of the new power generation. They would be fantastic for that. Remember, I remember... Um, he had a really fat drummer for a long time. And I love any drummer that's fat or has, like, super big hair or both. I think that's always a joy to me. Number seven seed, Infinite Grover. Against the 10 seed, uh, Capri Bibbs. Those are all both... Uh, is Infinite Grover, is that a famous person? Is that a ball player? Most of these people are ball players. I don't know. I don't know about Infinite Grover. Let me see. It turns uh, out he's a look, 76er or something. Yeah, I wouldn't... I'm going to look him up. <laughs> Like, this year, everyone has played for the 76ers. Everyone in this bracket <laughs> has gotten a 10-day contract to play for the 76ers. And why don't you do the 2 and 15s? He doesn't seem to be a famous person. Um, okay, so it, it, these are both great. We've got number two, Genghis Musk Ox, which wow. Musk Ox is one of the few names I think you can put after Genghis, and no one's going to question it. And yep, at number strong. 15, we've got the amazing Joe Henchman. Joe Henchman is Joe Henchman is a really nice name because Joe is so it's a perfect first name for a henchman, you know. Like it's you know John Doe, Joe Joe Blow, Joe Henchman. Like yeah, like Johnny Henchman. Henchman would have a little too much character. Johnny Henchman uh, would be the favorite? hero of a noir, and then you know Joe Henchman is his anonymous second in command. Uh, do you have a favorite coming out of this region? You gonna go Doctor again? Um, I think I like Cameo Crispy. Really, I'm gonna put uh, I'm gonna put Psalm Wuching through to the final four. I, I honestly, we've been through this now, and I think the Bultron Regional is very, very strong in retrospect. You got the Crumps, and you got McSkimmings, and you got ribs and tennis and waffles and dicks. It's just a fabulous regional. We're we'll up to see if the Crotch Tangle Regional, which is the final regional in our breakdown, see if it matches up. Uh, you want to do the one in the sixteen? Go for it. Yeah, I'll grab some of these here. First off, we've got Mussolini Africano, which I'm not touching, mm. and 
Lyric Generals at 16. Lyric Generals. That's strong. Followed by uh, an 8 and 9 matchup between uh, number 8 seed Miraculous Powers and number 9 seed Silver Bronzo. Silver Bronzo is great. It's just great. I wonder if his middle name is Gold, just to make it all sort of weird. Uh, the number five seed is Queen Queen Lemony Huey against the 12 seed Q Drennan. And Q is just the single letter. I think right now, that miraculous power is Silver Bronzo. The 8-9 matchups are so strong all across the board in this matchup. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have, the, we have the four seed Malvina Complainville against the uh, 13 seed Alexion Void. Which actually That's got to be a Star Trek is- character. Yeah, that's like a sci-fi sort of fanboy name. That's like the dude at Ain't It Cool who named his kid. It was a white dude, and he named his kid like Takashi or something after like a Japanese director, even though it was just some nerdy, fat white kid. Um, we got number six seed, Dr. Data Long John, against the 11 seed, Shyanthony Sinegal. Shyanthony is uh, all one word, uh, S-H-Y, and then Anthony in front. Standard, uh, you know, prefix before, before a traditional name. Well, I, th- I, I, I think I got to grab this next one. Wait, we've got this is an incredible matchup. We've got number three seed yeah. Beethoven Bong versus number <laughs> fourteen good. seed Zeke Foe. Zeke Foe is it Foe or is it Fox? I mean, it would be the traditional French pronunciation, right? I, I, I it, it's just too incredible. That guy sounds like the hero of a noir. Yeah, and I should like Dr. Data Long John. I should I should have more giggles in me for Dr. Data Long John because that's that's a strong strong name. We have number 7 seed Tunis Van Peen. <laughs> that's great. It's a 10 seed Rocky Porco. And I'd love Rocky Porco to go up against Or it could Silver be Porco or or Porso? Oh, yeah. Oh, I think it Oh, it might be Porso, but I I like Porco better. It's P-O-R-C-O, not P-O-R-K-O. If it were P-O-R-K-O, that would be great. Uh, I'm putting Tunis Van Peenen through unless unless the two-seed derails it. The two-seed's pretty good. You got to go for it, Marchman. Well, the two-seed's going to go through for me. This is Amanda Miranda Panda, and she'll be... (laughs) (laughs) Amanda Miranda Panda is great. And she'll and be going up against seeded. Shonda Licking, the fifteenth seed. Shonda or Shanda Licking, I think it should. I think it's. I think it's a Shonda. So we would have. You have Amanda Miranda Panda. That's just. That's just fantastic. So, Any so rhyming name. Yeah, so that, I, I want to write a book for my daughter now about the adventures of Amanda Miranda Panda. So yeah, who do you, you have do going that. all the way, man? Who, who's your Who's your uh, name of the year, so twenty fifteen? I, uh, I would put Tunis Van Peenen in the uh, final four. Uh, along with Sam Wuching, uh, I would have the one that made me laugh the most was Earhart Thumbfart. So I'm I'm going Thumbfart all the way. Thumbfart is my my guy. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Doctor Jocko Doctor Jocko Zifferblatt. It's a great name. It really is. I mean, I would be proud to to name my child Doctor Jocko Ziffer Zifferblatt. Zifferblatt. I may have another child just so I can name my child Doctor Z- Jocko Zifferblatt. <laughs> Oh, uh, that was an excellent run through the name of the year bracket. And look, we were very timely. We didn't we didn't spend the uh, the twenty minutes, twenty extra minutes breaking down, you know, elite eights and sweet sixteens and stuff like that. Are you happy with the economy that we blew through the bracket? Yeah, less is more, man. 
All right, less is more. That's right. All right, we have a couple of um, uh, brief tidbits about next week. I am on vacation uh, with my family next week, uh, which means we probably won't have a podcast. You can go ahead and pray for me now. Have you had spring break yet? Uh, no. You have not. When is yours? Is yours next week? I think the week after, but we've got it pretty lucky. Um, it shouldn't be too much of a pain for us. So, why? Where are you? Are you going to go anywhere? Or are you going to stay home? Uh, I'm going to stay home, but Will, uh, my older kid, is going to go to grandma's. Oh, oh, <laughs> that sounds great. Uh, I did it all. I'm taking my kids to like Bush Gardens, like an hour away, and. I don't. I don't know. It's gonna. It's gonna be a rough week. We we got. I think we have the small kids. Hotel rooms are just out. Like we we rented like a like a condo this time because we weren't paying for airfare or anything like that. I don't think doing a hotel room with a kid with like multiple children. There's no point. It's just agony. I will, I'll never do it again. Yeah, Not you know this like, is this is one of the real mysteries of parenthood is um, when you go to child-friendly vacation destinations. You may have wondered at the various lodges and cabins and expanded hotel-type amenities they have and wondered why people would pay hundreds of extra dollars for those, and there's a very good reason. Yeah, and even when you pay for it, you think you're getting, like... Like, last year, I remember I was like, oh, it's like a suite, it's two bedrooms. Like, I thought it was sort of... It would be sort of this nice baller hotel room. And it wasn't. There were like our view was like of the dumpster, and like there were people that had like nice balconies and stuff. And every time I go to one of these hotels, I get sort of hotel envy of not having the room that like the super high, the people who paid triple like paid the for Bush it, Gardens you know? high it's rollers. A, it's a horrible cast system. It's like the hotel itself is just Snowpiercer, <laughs> and I can't. I'm never doing it again. The real baller move is to have just a just a just grandparents who have like a condo in Miami, you know, mm-hmm. like, like by law, all grandparents should have some beach house somewhere convenient where I don't have to pay anything. That's really, that's really all that can be done with, with the small kids, like going to a hotel and paying for airfare. That's just nuts. I'm not fucking doing that again. Uh, also, uh, next week, if, uh, if we don't do a podcast, uh, a week from today or tomorrow, depending on when the podcast, uh, airs Tuesday on April, I think it's April 6th or April 7th, is the Chopped episode, Marchman. I'm on Chopped. Oh, well, you know, I'd ask you about it, except the, the one thing I can say is, um, if, especially if any Chopped producers or legal people are listening, is every time this comes up, Drew immediately follows it with, but I can't say anything about it because I signed a contract. <laughs> so all, all, right. all anyone knows is that Drew's going to be on Chopped, and past that, we'll just have to... Uh, We'll just have to watch and find out. But, you know, among the reasons I'm excited for this is the prospect of Tim Burke getting access to an infinitely renewable supply of derpy pictures of Drew. It'll be t- it'll be it'll be a, a mess of, of bad faces. I mean, it, it, the embarrassment of riches that I will probably give people for humiliating me. It'll it, it, you you will be happy with the amount of uh, derpy faces I will make that you can make fun of me with. And also, I can't, you're right, I can't talk about it. They take my balls, Marchman. If I say anything, they just, it's in the contract. They come, they have garden shears, just clip them right off. They're gone. <laughs> They're gone, and they give them to, they have Dr. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Zipperblatt. Dr. Zipperblatt Zipper coming, and he chops my balls off.
Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to Deadcast with Deadspin Editor-in-Chief Tim Marchman and columnist Drew McGarry. Uh, all right, so we have uh, two other things. Do you want to talk about uh, Duke and Kentucky or do you want to talk about extra points? Uh, we should talk about extra po- I mean, what's there to say about Duke and Kentucky? I, 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 I want Duke to lose. I hate Duke. I hate everything they represent. Um, if you haven't read it, by the way, if you're out there, you should read Albert Bernico's uh, article he wrote on last Friday about why John Calipari is is not a Robin Hood type hero who, who we should root for, which uh, I'm sure a lot of people are saying, well, who the hell thought he was? But, you know, right. I, I'd like... Yeah. You know, I was kind of into the idea of Calipari as the, uh, you know, the honest dealer, the guy who wasn't talking up the great moral virtues of his program and everything like that. And so I could kind of go along with him as a less offensive coach than most coaches. But Bernico wrote a pretty good article convincing me that he's he's awful, too. He's still significantly less horrible than Mick Krzlonski, though, and, you know... Um, I think we'll all be rooting for Kentucky as a nation, as a, as a, as a they, species. If they beat Kentucky, assuming they both go to the final, which I hope, I hope Duke doesn't, uh, would it be a bigger deal than if they beat UNLV back when UNLV was unbeaten? I think it's a bigger deal. Uh, yeah, I think it was a bigger deal. I don't, I don't get this if this happens. This, this has to happen. You know, because how many hot takes do you want to read about how Duke does things the right way and it's, you know, like the light and the darkness, the devil and God or whatever? You no, know, but you, yeah, I don't, you don't I, want to read these, man? It's four or No, no, I, I, think, I think that we fear those takes, but I don't think those takes materialize as much as we always expect they will. Like maybe like Bob Nightingale will talk about how Duke loves vanilla sprinkles or something like that. <laughs> but, I, you know, I think... If, I think Duke at this point is so hateable that I think sports writers sort of know there's no. There's we're in no the good bubble, man. We're, we're no, nah, we're in the we're in the bubble with that. I mean, obviously, lots of people hate Duke, but uh, the idea that Shashevsky is some sort of, you know, virtuous, upright leader of men, I think, has more purchase than you're giving it credit for. At least with uh, that's true. College basketball writer types. That may be true, but people also and people also hate. Calipari more than we give him credit for. Calipari and Kentucky. People hate Kentucky. Like, they really... And with good reason, too, because it was all racist and stuff for a while. And I don't know. Is it still racist? I assume it's still... <laughs> it's Kentucky. It's got some it's got some racism going on in it. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about the extra point. We're going to move on real quickly. So, I'm going to try to explain this very quickly. It seems simple. It is simple. It, but the egg, it is simple. So, uh, instead of the standard uh, setup that we have right now, which is you're at the two-yard line, you can either go for two or you can kick the PAT. And the PAT sucks because it gets made 99% of the time. And the only reason you don't make it is because the holder fumbles or something stupid like that. So we're going to move it back to the 15-yard line. This is what the, the proposal is. They move it back to the 15-yard line. So it's like 32 A or 33 cowardly yards. half and, measure. Yes, and then they, but then they move the two-point conversion – to the one-yard line, which means you cannot fake the kick anymore, which I'm fine with because I, I would just rather run an offensive play than run a run a fake and have everyone know I'm running an offensive play. But are you all right with it from the one? Yeah, I mean, I'm fine with this all around. I just, 
don't think any of this goes nearly far enough. What I'd like to see is for I agree. the extra point to be made from maybe the 30, but the field, you know, the, the uprights are actually revolving. Like they're on a giant record player <laughs> and they're turning around. And, and you, get, you get four extra points if you make it through. Something like that. Or it could be bobbing up and down. Like there's another post that's like going, like a Mega Man level. And yeah, you, you know, this is, the mo- this is the most NFL thing is they have this fairly big element of their game that everyone agrees is stupid and makes no sense. And so instead of right. making it fun, they make this really minor technical fix that probably most people won't even notice. Yeah, it's not it's a it's I think the problem is it's political. They can't ever do anything drastic because then it'll never get through the rules committee because the rules committee is like, "Whoa, hey, you want to change a catch into a catch? That sounds pretty fucking wacky." So like they always it's always just like you have to fight tooth and nail for like minor tweaks, which is why I'm not wild about the PAT being from 32 or 33 yards. Barry ran the numbers and it was like I don't know 90% conversion rate, which I don't even I don't even buy that. I think in a PAT setup when defenders are kind of lazy and just sort of chilling out, I I bet you it's a 95% conversion rate. It's not enough. They should have to make it from like 40 or Yeah, and it should be worth more than the point. Like, I don't mind, like, I get it. They don't want too much gimmicky stuff, so they don't want to narrow the goalposts, and they don't want it spinning around, and they don't want anything that makes a mockery of the precious game. But you go to, like, 40, like, anytime someone's kicking from 40 or, or, or especially 50 yards, then there's, like, it's real uncertainty. Like, you have to watch. Like, I don't even have to watch a fucking PAT right now, and I probably still won't watch these PATs. Like, you can just fast-forward right through them. If somebody fucks up, you're like, oh, yeah, I better go back and look at it. But and Yeah, they're... Say, they're, they're, they're... They're not going anywhere near far enough, but um, do you think that if this works out, which it'll it'll work out fine, this will fix the problem, or will it encourage momentum for more radical changes? Which we'd like to I see. I know. I think. I think if they do it, they'll just keep it this way for another twenty or or thirty years. I that think sucks, it, it's, man. it's enough of a it's enough of a change that they that they don't ever have to that they don't have to address it again for a long time and people will bitch like for like five seconds but then they'll get used to it so quickly they won't even notice that what it was before like i don't i don't remember i don't remember the nfl before the two-point conversion attempt but when they put it in it was like a it was like a big deal like that's a bigger deal than what they're doing right now with this i'm sort of glad it's back uh let's get on to the rankings we're gonna wrap up the podcast with some rankings do you want to go through the rank are you gonna disagree with these rankings marchman yeah, you know, why don't you go through your rankings and I'll defer to you. I, I won't comment. Right. And then I will give my rankings. All right. These are uh, the most hateable college basketball coaches of all time. College basketball only. Not uh, not college football, not pro football, nothing like that. Uh, number 10, uh, just for fun, I have John Wooden. Uh, and Craggs did a ages ago, did a great slatey slate slate piece about why John Wooden was the worst because he would treat his players like kids and have them tie their shoes all over again and and sports writers would be like oh wow he stresses he really stresses the fundamentals he teaches them how to eat and use a spoon isn't that wonderful so i have john wooden at number 10 i have denny crumb at number nine because of his hair because he just had the scumbag hair number eight is patino who uh, is a proven shitbag in a court of law number seven is roy williams because he doesn't know how to dress himself and he has horsey teeth and he forces his players to go to church. Then number six, I have Gino Ariema, the uh, the standard women's 
uh, basketball coach uh, throw-in inclusion of Gino, who, again, I would like to see coach uh, men just for the novelty of it. I'd like to see how he does. I really would. I'd like to, I bet he could I bet he could win lots of games coaching men. Would you agree with that? Yeah. I, th- I think he would totally win lots of games. Number five, Bob Huggins, the Huggy Bear, who's looking really fat these days. He's looking really sort of slothly and just looking like, you know, like the guy who's yelling at you at the golf course for holding up play. Number four, the mighty Jim Herrick, who uh, whose academic uh, requirements were so, so strict at the University of Georgia. Uh, and number three is Dave Bliss, who I was it, he covered up a murder. Is that correct? I don't want to do anything that'll get me in trouble. I, I'm not familiar with it enough to say conclusively he, I mean, what he did. It was did. the Baylor thing. It was it was when a dude got, a dude got murdered, and it was all it was Dave 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 Bliss was a bad guy. We we can say Dave Bliss is a bad guy. That's not going to be problematic. People aren't going to aren't going to be mad about that. And the top two the top two I feel are unassailable, and you could probably. You can probably switch them around any way you want. Number two is Bobby Knight. And number one, of course, is Coach K because fuck Coach K. So that, that's my one and two. I have a hard time seeing anybody else breaking that, except maybe if you really hated Bayheim, who's not in my top ten but probably ought to be. All right, so now you go through and you tell me yours. Well, my, my, my rankings are much shorter. First, I have everybody tied. Um, <laughs> you can make – because you can make subtle – differentiations among them, but they're all expressions of the same evil. And then I have uh, Coach K and, and Bobby Knight, and I would actually put Coach K above Bobby Knight with both of them being orders of magnitude worse than anybody else because he actually, yep. he's the disciple who managed to carry out all of, all of the things that are horrible about Bobby Knight while rebranding them to make them seem cool. It's true. It's true. He he doesn't do any of the demonstrative, nasty stuff that basically got Bobby Knight fired and vilified. He's he's been able to sublimate all that and continue being sort of the evil taskmaster guy. But he but he knows enough to know to not do the chair throwing and the whipping stuff that would get him normally in trouble. Yeah, yeah he's the guy who perfected is. the system and thus was able to not only carry out his his ne'er do welling, but get applauded for it. Which but seems you know what? I could, but you know what? I could also see Bobby Knight being number one because, you know, there is you do get some. You should get some credit for not being the asshole who throws a chair across the court. Like he's like, Bob Knight is just was just such a bad guy and, like like spawned essentially a culture of this is what a coach ought to be. A, a coach ought to be a complete asshole who just abuses people. And it should always be like, you know, the plot of whiplash every time a player wants to get on the court because that's the only way he's going to be made good, right? It's the only, only way to put, make somebody great is to put them through this horrible ringer of abuse and, uh, you know, desperately trying to prove yourself to some complete asshole who will never give it to you because he doesn't, he, doesn't, he thinks that it'll make you soft if he gives you approval. So I, the whole culture around Bobby Knight, I think, is really sort of rotten and gross. And it's taken a long time to get rid of. Like, I still think he's pretty revered. Would you agree? Oh, he's, he's unquestionably revered, which is part of the problem. He's this expression of, what, like Reagan-Thatcher culture. You know, you ever go back and watch any of those Dirty Harry movies where... Yeah, yeah, of Like, Clint Eastwood just goes into a diner and shoots some random black guys <laughs> and then blows off his gun. <laughs> like, Bobby Knight is that... The, I'm convinced that three-quarters of the reason 
that he's so revered is out of, you know, barely hidden racism. Like, you know, you need someone to keep these uh, boys in line. That's his whole yeah, thing. He's, he's going around all... choking them and beating them with chairs and cussing at them and whatnot. Total Reagan era shitbag. Still not as bad as yeah, Coach it's... K, though. There's an easy line to be drawn from what Bobby Knight was doing to the people who defend what Adrian Peterson did to his kid. Like, those are all people of the same sort of ilk, where it's like, you know, these kids today are pampered and spoiled and they need someone basically get in their face and, and beat, them, <laughs> beat the shit out of them with a baseball bat. And that's the only way they're going to learn. And that, to me, is still very prevalent and needs to be purged, preferably by uh, Cherry's Waffles Tennis or somebody like that. All right, so that's so, the end of our no dead cast our next dead week, cast. right? We we've decided we're not gonna we're not gonna do one later this week and then just pretend that we are doing it next week. Oh, we could do that. Do you want to do that? Oh, we could do that. I'll tell you what, we could do we could do that later this week, and we could surprise everyone, and we could pretend that we're in the future or something like that, and we'll be like, hey, how about that Kentucky going undefeated, and we'll be all wrong, and it'll have to be thrown away. So we could we could potentially do that. So until uh, next week, uh, if we decide to do next week, uh, we will see you next time. Say goodbye, Marchman. See you all later in the future. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm-mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.